Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Bros. I am uh, I am Mark Hogan here, one of your hosts, joined by Derek Randall. It is Thursday, October 1st, and uh, this connection sounds like it's a lot better, Derek. <laughs> this is a lot clearer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I don't know what the deal is. Um, I guess you can exclus- only exclusively use Anchor through the app. Um, so that's what we'll, we'll try and do here moving forward. Um, we were just talking about uh, jam-packed uh, week as far as, you know, really just sports in general goes, baseball, football, basketball, every, you know, you name it. So uh, we're just excited to uh, kind of change things up from the norm here and excited to uh, to get into uh, the fantasy season as well. We're really getting into the meat of it now. Yeah, I mean, uh, wrap up fantasy baseball and right into to fantasy football. Here we go. Yeah, I guess that's a little uh, just you know plug for you. Congratulations, obviously, on the uh, the fantasy baseball victory. How does it feel? Feels fantastic. I uh, I've never won a fantasy baseball league before, and since joining your league, I think I've, this was the fourth year I've been in it, and I've been in the top four the previous two years, previous to this season, and to finally win one feels pretty good. Yeah, you you jumped all the way up because I mean the league's still fairly young. I mean we've we've been kind of keeping track and having it going now for about four, basically four seasons now. So, um, you know, that championship got you all the way up to the, you know, second place, tied for second place on the uh, the all-time leaderboard here. So um, you're in the hunt right now. In the hunt, that's right. Trying to take down uh, the commission of the league here <laughs> for that top spot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy this league. Like, I know I say it a lot and other people do too. It's, this is the greatest fantasy baseball league I've ever been in. Probably the greatest fantasy sports league I've ever been in. The way it's set up is so fun. It's so entertaining. You have to, like, change your lineup every single day and really be on top of it in order to succeed. And it's been a ton of fun. Yeah, we've got a great group going as well. I think we're one 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 team away from having a stacked 12, you know, full 12 person. Like, everyone is – you know, like practically professional here at this point. So um, we're, we're looking for that 12th spot. I think going into next year, um, we do have one one team that's kind of dead weight. But other than that, everyone is intense with it and um, really active and keeps up with it. So um, it's going well. So let's get into uh, the John league here. Yeah, so for um, all of you out there, uh, if you're looking for a fantasy baseball league and you really like baseball and want to keep up on it every day, uh, this is your call. <laughs> There you go. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's uh, let's get started here. Um, diving into uh, what we're going to do tonight is dive into week three real quick. Um, cover everything that happened. We'll go over some trades and waiver wire acquisitions, and then we'll go into uh, to previews here for week four before uh, before this game kicks off here tonight. Sound good? Sounds perfect. Cool. Um, so let's go ahead and um, let's do some some recaps first. Uh, if you want, we can go ahead. We'll start off with uh, how about we just start off with uh, looks like you and, uh, and Jack here. Uh, Tackett. It was me and Tackett. Or Tackett, sorry. Yeah. And uh, this was a surprise. I actually upset Tackett, got that victory. Um, I think all three of us picked Tackett to beat me on last week's show. Yeah. So. This was a surprise, and it puts him at 0-3, which he's never been in that position before. He's a perennial. Like, he usually ends this season with three or less losses. So this is pretty big. Yeah, it is. Um, And you had, you know, Mike Davis show up in a big way. We talked about how, you know, we couldn't believe, you know, last week, you know, when we were talking with Dennison, how you grabbed him, you know, before the slate started last week. So um, he had some nice points for you, and, um, just kind of like collectively, you had consistent double-digit points. I mean, your your team leader though was the uh, the Colts defense, kind of a given against the Jets there. Yeah, I mean, collectively, my team did really well, except for all of my wide receivers sucked. And you know, we'll, we'll we were expecting that. For, say what? We were expecting that though. We were. We expected them to suck, and they did. Um, and. But, yeah, the Colts' defense, they are legit. They are going to be this year's Patriots' defense in a way, not to the degree that the Patriots were. Um, but they, they're going to be the top defense in the league, I think, this year. Yeah, I mean, um, Colts' defense definitely will be up there. I mean, it's also a product of who they played, too. Like, honestly, like, 
you know, moving forward, you can probably pick any defense against the Jets and get some decent points out of them. Although, who knows what will happen with the Broncos tonight because the Broncos offense is just really, really bad in bad shape as well. Um, but uh, we don't need to rehash that any more than we already have. But um, just in general, like, yeah, that, that, that that's going to be a really strong point for your team. And then, you know, just looking over attack it, I mean, honestly, just what hurt him was um, John Brown getting hurt here. Definitely. I mean, other other than that, I think he would have had me. Yeah, he only lost by four points. And I was worried, too, when it came down to Monday night and he had his kicker, Justin Tucker, against me with Travis Kelsey. He had a one-point lead. Yeah. And I was actually worried, which I never thought I'd be saying that, but it is Justin Tucker and what was projected to be a super high-scoring game. Um, and John Brown, I did he pull a hammy or something, or did he just get completely shut out by um, the scorer? Who? that be then Jalen I, I forget no he got hurt um okay. I mean Diggs Diggs was covered by Ramsey a lot and actually Diggs still um I mean he actually caught like three touchdowns in that game but two of them got called back so um but Diggs actually caught a touchdown against Ramsey um but it, but John Brown I believe got um believe got hurt there and and I want to say I want to say um Oh, you know what? He's on the Chargers. Never mind. So, um, but yeah, I think he got pretty hurt pretty early, and that's probably, that's pretty much what happened. And then, but I am I was a little, was a little surprised with Joshua Kelly. Um, he got underused, but that was because he he fumbled I think pretty early in the game there. So um, that you know those two those two aspects of this was the really the difference maker. Um, outside of that, I mean, Tackett seems still in pretty good shape, though. I would. I would, uh, you know, I would argue here. So. Agreed, agreed. They, there's a very surprising zero and three. Um, I, I think he's going to be just fine moving forward, except for his QB two is a little shaky. Although Fitzpatrick, he's he's not been bad um, for a while now. He's been pretty good, but who knows when they'll hand over the reins to Tua? We'll see. I, I think he got like one or like one more week of like, you know, like Fitzpatrick against Seattle. I think he can have another great fantasy week. And then he's probably just going to be like mediocrity, you know, from that point on. So um, he's probably got another good week of fits. And then, you know, we're, you know, kind of TBD on what, what's going to happen with that, you know, his second quarterback spot at that point. So right. um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and move on here. We'll, um, we'll look at uh, Jimmy and Lennon's uh, matchup here. So if I am not mistaken, I'm pretty sure I'm, I picked Jimmy here. And you guys were like laughing at me um, for that being a ridiculous pick over over Lennon. I don't remember if you picked Jimmy, but you you seem to remember that you did. So I'll I'll trust your word for it. I definitely am surpri- surprised by this. Um, yeah, I, I I remember clearly there was one of these matchups that I picked, and you guys were like, "Wow, that's surprising!" Like, no way in in in, in the world that Jimmy's going to beat Lennon in this matchup. It's it's probably and this one. I don't right? know. Yeah, because I think we we all keep yeah. thinking that Jimmy's team is going to come back to earth, and they're just like, they're just not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Tyler Lockett obviously went off. Um, Keenan Allen, Eckler, like I mean, his whole team, right? So um, the only thing that didn't help him was his defense. So um, you know, really for me, like I I was just like looking at it. I just felt like there were. The reason why I said Jimmy, I remember this now, is because of that Dallas-Seattle matchup, and I just felt like that game was going to blow up just looking at the Vegas over-under on that and how many points were expected. And, um, you know, obviously we saw Tyler Lockett take full advantage and Amari Cooper had a good game too. Yeah, and I mean, I think the counter to that is that Lennon has Russell Wilson, but in the same sense, if Lockett goes off, or if Wilson goes off, then there's a decent chance that Lockett's getting – getting a bit of that too so yeah i mean it's just it's crazy it, it i mean lennon still put up over 160 points and loses who jimmy almost you know goes over 200 which is pretty pretty obscene for this league so yeah and we we've seen the saints um prime time enough now where i have no respect for that defense anymore um quite frankly like the I still think they got some good defensive linemen, I guess, but um, that secondary is not what – they're not playing to what, what people expected them to play at. Marshawn Lattimore is getting smoked game in and game out. Um, the only guy 
statistically speaking, if you look at the numbers, the only guy really he has shut down in his career consistently is Mike Evans. So it's like, unless Marshawn Lattimore is up against Mike Evans, I really don't worry about him that He's much. He's one trick pony. And, um, and, and uh, exactly. And originally, you know, we were looking at Lattimore as thinking he was going to be you know, kind of that shutdown corner here. So it's been quite a quite a disappointment. With Definitely. Uh, I remember Jack and I were talking about the Monday night game with the Saints and uh, in the Raiders, and we just watched Derek Carr pick them apart. And Derek Carr should not be able to do that um, to a good defense. No. And watching them, like the way they were playing, they would they never adjust. Like they do not adjust to anything whatsoever against them. Um, they it's weird. It's 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 just like teams figure out what their weakness is going to be that day and they just keep targeting it and the defensive coordinator is so bad over there he never makes any adjustments to stop it yeah it, it's disheartening to say the least yeah i think um you know i i, I still think drew Brees um is fine but yeah I'm, I'm especially worried about that defense so um and and then when i just look at lennon's team here i mean Pretty decent showing. Yeah. Um, just kind of, you know, rough, rough matchup here and playing Jimmy, who put up close to 200 points. So. Uh, definitely a good showing, for sure. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy is hurting for a QB at this point. Um, his options as his QB2 are Nick Mullins and Jimmy Garoppolo and Sam Darnold. So he's hurting there, but his the rest of his team is so solid maybe besides the tight end spot, which even then I think Hayden Hurst is probably a top 10. Eh, he's, he's probably like number 11. Um, but, I mean, moving forward, Jimmy's Jimmy's team, the top half, it, half of it is so good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as long as um, he doesn't get hit by the injury bug, I expect his team to, to be in the postseason at this point. So, Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so let, let's go ahead all and move right. on here. To how about we do uh, Carl and Caleb here? All right. Um, so another loss for Caleb. Not surprising. Um, I think he was the lowest scorer in the league this week. Not surprising again. And um, I mean, he's just really hurting. Really hurting in that running back spot here. So um, you know, he's got two good players basically on his team, and Tyree Kill and Allen Robinson, Matt Ryan. You have, you never know what you're going to get with him, um, but the the rest of the team, I think I think the highlight really is, you know, he has Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews, high expectations going into this year, and he had multiple drops in that game, and he looks like a very pedestrian tight end. It's going to be you know really interesting to see if this guy, um, you know, continues to fall off or if he if he ends up uh, you know going you know having a little bit of a positive correction here moving forward yeah i think he he was unfortunate in the sense that the ravens just got completely shocked by the chiefs they look completely underprepared for that game and hollywood brown um who he also has looked awful uh absolutely awful yeah. and i do think that we'll see better things from hollywood and uh, mark andrews moving forward but when we get you know to our next segment here i think caleb did a lot to address his his weaknesses on the squad yeah, excited to see what uh, – I haven't even looked at the trades. Fantastic. So, um, be a you'll probably be able to talk a little bit. Of, yeah. Um, and then on the flip side here, I mean, Carl's in a decent spot. Um, I'm not, like, overly enthusiastic about Melvin Gordon. I'm sure now that I say that, he'll go off against the Jets tonight. But um, I, I do think his receivers are getting great volume. Uh, so I think he's in a pretty good spot with his, his receivers and will be in a better spot once Thomas comes back. So – um, I think he's in a decent spot. Definitely. And something that I'm really surprised to see is Joe Burrow appears to be entrenched as a high-end QB2, maybe even a back-end QB1. Um, his rushing ability really provides him a safe floor every week. Yeah, I mean, when we've been saying it, like he just, you know, from week one looks prepared, looks ready to go. He's um, you know, he looks like he's been doing this for four years. So, which is so um, unusual. I mean, that a rookie comes in and looks as poised as he does is is crazy. Like, I I don't never remember a time seeing a rookie come in, take the reins from the from day one, and then do this well. 
did Carl uh, trade any of his receivers in all these trades that just he happened? He's got a lot of receivers. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, he, you know, I mean, I guess he doesn't really have a reason to trade him, but I, I could see him moving one of these guys as we as we progress and you know a little bit further into the season. I would so. like to point out. Um, no offense to Carl. I did approach him with the trade as I do have two top three tight ends. And I said, Hey Carl, your tight end spot is weak. You have a lot of receivers. Um, I have the two best, two of the best tight ends in the league. Let's make a deal. And his response to me was, I don't care for the tight end position. (laughs) It's still a position that you have to fill on your roster. I mean, you still need to. He's okay with punting. I, it, I, I guess. guess that's what we're supposed to get from that. Is Carl's okay with taking shitty points at the tight end spot? But as Mark just mentioned, Carl, you have some serious wide receiver depth, so it wouldn't have been a bad idea to upgrade at a certain position. I, I don't mind him holding off though, because he doesn't like. It's not like he's like needs to do anything right now. Um, if one of the second one of those running backs get hurt. You know, he's going to be in a spot where he probably will need to do something. Um, but he's in the present moment, not really not really in a, in a position where he needs to do, you know, change anything on his team at all. Yeah, right now he's sitting okay at two and one. But, you know, once the, the losing streak hits, which, you know, it does eventually for all of us, um, I, I do think he's going to want to revisit that situation he's got there. Yeah. All right, so um, let's move on here to uh, to Dennison and Jack. So I think – I don't know if – I can't remember who I picked in this one. I think I went with – with Dennison, I'm pretty certain. With Dennison, yeah. I think I went with Dennison here. Um, It looks like Dennison made some, like – he put in McKinnon maybe last moment here. Uh, I'm trying to figure out over Mixon. So that ended up being the right move, though, right? Right, yeah. I mean, points-wise this week. So um, that was an interesting move. It was the right move. But still, you know, just – I mean, I'm kind of surprised with Dak and Ridley. Um, he's just – I mean, A.J. Green and Julian Edelman, they're just like, you know, kind of like duds at this point. I mean, like, you're going to get some productive games out of them, but you're going to get games like this, too, where – you know, they're just kind of there. They have a presence. They draw some attention. But, um, you know, they're, you know, you, they're kind of over the hill now. So, uh, a little worried about his wide receiver depth at this point. Yeah, and talking with him, he's worried about it too. Um, and Julian Edelman, we did see week one, uh, his snap counts. Had a big game. Say what? A big game. He did he had, he had a big, big game. game, but in that, he also had some serious reduction in his snap counts. I think he only played like 50% of the snaps or something. So it was really odd to see that. And it, it's almost like it finally caught up with him here in this one. But yeah. it, it also could be a product of the game because I believe the Patriots did have this one locked up kind of early. So I don't know. He, Edelman, I, I think he'll pan out for him. Uh, in the long run, but he could be one of those guys that you can see a, a six-point game followed by a 25-point game. Yeah, I, I can totally see that for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think he kind of um, still produces at a high clip when he's in, but I agree with you. It's like they're kind of like workload management for Julian Edelman these days. So, um, And I would venture to say similar similar kind of thing for A.J. Green which is why they're not overly exciting to play. And the combination of them, having both of them in your lineup, you're kind of almost guaranteed to at least have one of them not perform, right? Um, because they're kind of over, you know, they're, they're both old, you know, old receivers. Right, and so. I, I do think A.J. Green, he, he's fallen by the wayside here, and he looks really bad um, out there on the field. He's not helping Burrow at all. And they, they're pretty deep at receiver there. I could see him getting phased out of this offense. Yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll have a role, but his role is more of a decoy role more than anything, and he's certainly a shell of his former self. Absolutely, days. absolutely. And then on the flip side, we got Jack here, who, I mean, this game was one of those that wasn't decided until Monday, and Jack had Lamar Jackson, and it looked like, you know, going into this, Jack should have an easy victory. And there we were in the third quarter, Jack still losing 
<laughs> you can uh, you can bet the the sweat was pouring down as Lamar Jackson was having a w- career worst game against the Chiefs, but he still pulled it out. Yeah, I was like I was kind of waiting for Lamar just to like start lighting it up at least in that second half, and he just never got around to it. Um, you know, this is like Lamar's absolute floor though. So if like your worst fantasy game out of your quarterback is 14 points. Um, like, we, we kind of know. Like, I, I don't expect him to score less than 14 points unless he, like, gets hurt yeah. or something. Um, so, like, this is kind of, like, the worst Jack's team can can get. Um, and Kamara is just, you know, a fantasy production beast right now because the Saints have nowhere else to turn in that offense. Uh, so that kind of offset that a little bit. Yeah, and Kamara, it's, I mean, it's kind of crazy that he doesn't get more touches than he does because every time he touches the ball, it's just a massive play. Uh, it, it's crazy because I think he only got like 12 rushing attempts or something on that last game. And it, it's yeah. nuts to me that he is so good in the open field. Uh, he, he can just make guys miss like like nothing else. I know, like, Jack's, like, hurting at receivers right now, but he's got a lot of guys, you know, coming back at some point. And once he kind of gets more healthy receivers, um, you know, I'm kind of concerned about that injury that A.J. Brown has at this point. Sounds like it's going to linger. It's going to kind of hold him back moving forward. So definitely disappointing because I thought A.J. Brown was poised for a good season. Um, But Julio, you know, Julio will be back. you would think. And then Justin Jefferson is kind of an interesting, um, you know, potential play. I mean, he's not going to put up 30 point games every week, but um, he showed certainly his potential. And I think moving forward, you know, you can expect, um, you know, kind of an uptick in production, especially when we get into the later half of the season and the, the fantasy playoffs. So wouldn't be surprised if he starts throwing in Justin Jefferson at some point. Yep. Jefferson has emerged. I, I think he's going to be a big-time wide receiver uh, moving forward. Kirky really needs somebody other than Thielen to, to carry the weight of that team, and they're going to be trailing in almost every game because of how bad their defense is. Their defense yeah. is horrible. Yeah, so <laughs> Jefferson and Thielen are poised to have some really, really big games moving forward. Yep. So I, I think he his team is okay, um, but kind of worried about his – running back position because he doesn't really, I mean, I know Rex Burkhead threw 35 points on the bench and Darrell Henderson, but I just, uh, I'm not really high on those guys either, either of them long-term. I'm not really expecting much out of those guys. So, you know, other than that, unless JK Dobbins starts, you know, producing a little bit more, um, certainly concerned once Todd Gurley, you know, Todd Gurley's knees start falling apart. Yeah, because it's going to happen. Um, and and we did see last week Brian Hill came in and did a lot with the few touches that he had. Um, and I, other opposite you, I, I really like Daryl Henderson moving forward. Cam Akers, he's – I don't I don't really know. He seems to be pretty injury-prone already. Um, and Malcolm Brown seemed to be one of those guys that blows up week one and then does nothing the rest of the year. So – I, I like Daryl Henderson quite a bit moving forward. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd i be worried, too, if I were him with Todd Gurley because I do think a day is going to come when Todd Gurley is, is back-end RB2, maybe even you know more of a flex. I just don't think you can fully rely on Henderson. Like, he's just not going to be – he's kind of like a Burkhead. Like, yeah, he can have his big games, but, like, you kind of have to – play him on the right games you know like um if he doesn't have the touchdowns for instance he's at 13 points not 19 so um and and this was a higher usage game for him you know when acres comes back and you still have brown in the mix like um i just don't really like i I see his ceiling as maybe 11 points kind of thing 12 points um, you know, because I do think Brown gets some of those goal line carries still. See, I don't know. I don't know because he does a lot with, with the, the touches that he's given. So I do think the Rams are going to give him more and more work. And it's going to take Akers time to get back into that offense, especially after being injured. And I do agree with you in the sense that Malcolm Brown could re- receive a lot of the, um, you know, on the five-yard line, inside the five-yard line looks, which are very important for fantasy. Um, 
But I don't know. I don't think you can just write Henderson off. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think that's that's one point that we Yeah, one thing on. I do agree with you on that you said um, is Burkhead. Uh, I don't see this happening again. No, no. I mean, like, he could have another one game that he doesn't, but, you know, you have um, – I mean, Sonny Michelle still produced too. Um, and so you also have Damian Harris coming back. Um, you've got I mean, that, that backfield. They, they don't even know what to do. Like, they, they kind of – they have to have five active running backs every game. So, um, you know, it's like he, he literally is 20% of that backfield – and he was just a, a, a you know, uh, a winner of circumstance given, you know, some of the other guys that haven't been playing so yeah. far. So um, don't expect much from Burkhead moving no. forward. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and move on to Nate and Kemper here. Yep. And, and um, Nate, Nate got yes. a nice win. Kemper um, just kind of, again, another mediocre kind of performance here um and uh you know i mean josh allen still surprising us but you know the rest of this team is just kind of you know okay average you know very pedestrian um if gardner Minshew had a better game he could have potentially won this but um it's just all kind of very average in my opinion he could definitely have his blow up games but um i don't see it happening yeah too often. yeah average is a really good word uh, to describe his team it at the wide receiver position I think Devontae Parker is going to really pan out this season he's going to be great I am definitely concerned with Mike Evans because the only time Brady is looking at him is in the end zone I mean I'm pretty sure Evans had like two catches for two yards and two touchdowns for two touchdowns yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's concerning yeah. why Evans isn't getting used especially when Godwin left the game early with injury um, but things are looking up for him for David Montgomery because Tariq Cohen tore his ACL and he's done. So, like you said, I there's a lot of a lot to like here, but there's also a lot that you're like, eh. So I think Kemper's gonna have a pretty average team moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just gonna be he'll win some games moving forward, but you know, overall, you know, and I think mainly just because those receivers can all have be in blow up spots, but. Um, end of the day, like, I just don't see it kind of all coming together. So, you know, uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got the very last spot in the playoffs, but, you know, I would say more likely scenario is that he just missed. Yeah. The I do think he's going to miss the playoffs. Um, it, it, unless the usage on his team changes. Um, how about we will look at, um, go ahead and look, you at, look at Nate's? Um, yep. the, Nate's team here. Yeah. So, so um, this is kind of an interesting team. I mean, obviously Trubisky getting benched. We all saw that coming. I think I literally said, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Foles, you know, got the job, you know, a month into the season. So um, that's pretty much like exactly what we all kind of expected. Um, but, you know, an eight team is really interesting. He's obviously got James Robinson, Zeke, James Conner. He's got great running back depth. Um you know, moving forward, he doesn't really have – I mean, Derek Carr, I would probably just play those three running backs, including in, in that OP spot there. Yeah, I I agree, um, even though, you know, we're not at the waiver wire yet. But Nate did win the bidding for Nick Foles. So, he's he's putting okay. a lot of faith in, in Foles to, to be that QB2 that he needs, which I don't think that's a bad place to put his faith. But when you have three great running backs like this, I think maybe you do it exactly what you just said and start all three. Yeah, I mean, um, I didn't realize he got him, so that kind of throws a wrench in that. But um, and maybe you know, uh, I think either way, I don't really think you. I don't know if he did any of those trades, um, but I, I do think that holding on to those running backs is, even if you see some points waste away on the bench a little bit, um, probably the best move because you can never have you know, too many running backs these days. So, um, and he's in a good spot with Galladay coming back. I'm a little surprised he played Russell Gage over Kennedy, Kenny Galladay. Um, Me too. This past week. <laughs> I was pretty surprised by that, but it, it still worked <laughs> out well for him, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So we want to move on to this with last his... one here. Um, yep. Andres with Andres with a big matchup. 
Um, so, I mean, look, like I was kind of like sweating it out, but then I was like, like I was sitting there down. Um, I mean, I was literally, I was down by like, you know, um, like 40 points or something like that. And I was like, man, like he had just offered me to like leading into this week, he had offered me Alan Lazard. Um, and I forget who else it was like Mark Ingram, which, you know, I wasn't excited about Mark Ingram, but Alan Lazard, um, and Mark Ingram for Terry McLaurin. So I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. I like McLaurin. I'm really high on him. And so I didn't do that. And obviously Lazard went off against me, um, which I was upset about. But then I was like sitting there going into that Monday night game with Chiefs Ravens. And I was like, I have Mahomes and Hilaire. Like I could put up 60 points and I pretty much did. So, um, it was just kind of crazy how that ended up, ended up. Yeah, absolutely. That was one crazy matchup Um, because, yeah, you were down by – I think you were down 50, if not more, because you've ended up beating it by eight. So, I mean, you have Mahomes put up 40 and Edwards-Alaire with 18 to to get you that big win over Andres' team, which Andres is sitting at one and two, and I know you and I feel very differently about his team. I like his team a lot. Um, I think I might like it even more now after these trades. But uh, that was a big win for you, big time. Yeah, I mean, um, like, I, I, I obviously Mahomes is my first round pick. So expecting, you know, I need him to, to produce. And, you know, I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes, so he did. And then Clyde Edwards Hilaire with another 18 points, you know, expected that out of him. Um, I think with my uh, second round pick, I want to say, or maybe I, maybe I did that around. I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire was my first rounder yeah, and Mahomes yeah. was my second rounder. And I was close to the turn there. So, um, and then I was, I told you guys, I felt like I felt pretty good about Miles Gaskin, um, gave me 14 and a half points, exactly what I was expecting out of him. And that certainly, that kind of filled what I was looking for out of my RB2 position. So, um, I, I expect, you know, him to continue to put up those, those same numbers. His usage has been kind of through the roof and, um, I, I'm kind of planning on moving, you know, looking at using him moving forward, which I am concerned about to a certain degree, but um, in that same breath, like it's a full PPR. So it doesn't concern me as much as maybe a normal. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how that, that works for you moving forward, considering they did play the Jags, which is a pretty good matchup for him. Um, But, you know, he has looked better than every other running back there. The one thing I will say is that when they get to the goal line, it's all Jordan Howard there. So He's probably not going to get you too many touchdowns, but he catches a lot of balls, which is good for fantasy um, when you're in a PPR. Yeah, and I expect them to be playing yep. from behind a lot, um, and I expect him to be continuing to come out of the backfield a lot. They even line him up as a receiver, um, so he kind of has like a little bit of a, shall I dare say, Le'Veon Bell role Steelers time frame uh, with the <laughs> Dolphins, so not nearly as good, but um, he's got that kind of role, so. Cool. Um, so I think that that kind of does it. I mean, it sounds like Andre's team has, you know, faced a dramatic shift. So I think that, you know, is a nice transition right into what the uh, maybe how about we talk about maybe some. Of the yeah. So that let's lead off here. with um, the waiver wire, because I think due to what was acquired on waivers is kind of what led to some of these trades or at least helped push them forward. Um, so. It was a huge week for waivers due to the fact that Nick Foles was unowned and is easily the best quarterback out there, the only quarterback out there, really, um, in a two-quarterback two league when yeah. everybody is really seeking another option at QB. Um, me especially with Baker underperforming, I would not have minded getting Foles. I myself made a huge bid, or at least what I thought was a big bid for him. I bid uh, $36 which was more than I was comfortable with spending, but I really felt like I needed him. Lo and behold, we get there the next morning and Nate bid $43. Yeah. 43. Yeah. Huge, huge expenditure. But I do, if there's somebody that's going to be worth that money, I think it could be Foles, especially with where Nate was at at the QB position. Yeah. I mean, it all comes down to need, right? And you're willing to spend a large chunk of your fab budget, um, you know, especially on a guy that, uh, quite frankly, he's not going to lose that job nope. to Trubisky again. <laughs> um, 
you know, he has that now for the season. So he is the expected starter as long as he stays healthy. Um, he will have that role for the rest of the season. And, you know, quite frankly, like, you know, those receivers all have a bump. They see an upgrade in production, including a guy like Allen Robinson, which I think was in one of these trades that we'll talk about. But, um, you know, Allen Robinson is a guy that, you know, I'm expecting better numbers out of now because he has a little bit more of a um, better quarterback that's going to be throwing him the ball and a little bit more of a reliable quarterback. So, um, you know, good riddance, Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> um, but, but I think Carl, you know, even though it's, it's overspent for probably a lot of teams, um, I think in Carl's situation, um, you know, money well spent, even though um, it, it's more money. Like I would, like for instance, my team, I have no reason to spend forty three dollars my fab budget right. on Nick Foles. So, but Nate was in desperate. Um, yeah. So it it, it it all it all just comes down to need. Um. So he was in a good spot when it comes uh come to that, and and he was you know in a comfortable position. Yeah. To spend which then you more. see um talked about need. Uh, I I am hurting worse than anybody else at wide receiver, which I've never in my life seen such a thin waiver at wide receiver. Um. So I spent up for T Higgins. I put 18 on him, which looking back on is, is too much. I spent wow. way too much. Um, yeah. I was really just looking for somebody to fill the void for me. And I should have just stuck with my gut. And I got Pascal for three. And I think Pascal is going to do better than T Higgins. But, you know, I was feeling desperate. And when I woke up the next morning and saw I won, I didn't feel good about it. So I think that tells you where I felt with that decision. Yeah, and, and believe it or not, I actually, like, if you look at the offers report, I think this is oh, really I interesting. I don't know if you can do it on the app. Yeah, so you can do it on the computer. Um, and I forgot, I did, I actually did bid $28 on bulls here. Um, and T. Higgins, you actually only beat out um, wow. Nate by $3. So he did bid $15 um, on T. Higgins. Um, you know, maybe you guys are onto something with, you know, us just talking about AJ green kind of getting phased out. Um, maybe we see a bigger role out of T Higgins as we move forward. You know, I know that he wasn't getting a lot, but rookies normally don't get a lot in the first couple of weeks of the season. So who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe it ends up, end up paying yeah, I've never seen this offer report and this is fantastic. Like look at, look at the bidding on Nick Foles. I mean, you bid 28, I bid 36, Jimmy bid 41 and Nate beat him by $2 with 43. Like that is crazy. Wow. All right. This is really yeah. interesting. I've never seen yeah. this before and it's fantastic. Um, I thought it was kind of a sneaky move there, grabbing Damian, you know, Harris. Um, and then uh, Adam Humphreys is a little bit of a uh, kind of sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. Move Dennis there with well, Damian so. Harris. I, um, yep, I like that move a lot. Um, if I didn't have so many receivers on my team, I was going to try to grab him, but uh Good work there, because I think that that could pan out. But we just talked about that being like a five-headed monster, so we'll see. Kind of surprised not as many people put in bids for Foles as you would probably would have expected. I thought, you know, everyone would have at least put in one bid for him in the entire league. So, um, cool. So, uh, do we want to talk about some of these yeah. trades now? So, these trades, there's two trades, I believe. Um, yes. And really what they are is – they're, they're one huge trade. It's, it's basically a three-team trade, although they both involve Andres. Um, but it's between me, Andres, and Caleb. And what happens is Andres trades Kenyon Drake, Zach Ertz, and Dallas Goddard to Caleb and receives Allen Robinson in return. And then on the flip side, I trade – Baker Mayfield, Travis Kelsey, and T. Higgins to Andres, and he trades me Naeem Hines, Kirk Cousins, and Devontae Adams. So I get that stud receiver I've been looking for all season. Yeah, I mean, um, you moved yep. Kelsey, so um, you got rid of a quarterback, um, and you get a stud receiver who, you know, is the same exact guy that you traded yep. for last year. Um you know, coming off of injury. So uh, it worked out for you last year. So why not just go back exactly, to the well and do exactly. it again? And Andres was really interested yeah. in getting Baker Mayfield. Um, he doesn't like Kirk Cousins, which honestly, I am not huge on Kirk Cousins, but 
I know they're going to be playing from behind a lot, and he's going to be forced to throw that ball. So I feel like him and Baker are going to be pretty similar in value moving forward. Um, and the big thing here was that that got this to work is Caleb was actually very deep at wide receiver, and Andres wanted to get another receiver to fill Devontae's spot um, that, that he wouldn't feel so horrible about in comparison as far as the downgrade goes. And then um, – Wow, and then my computer shuts down on me in the middle of this. That's fantastic. Well, I mean, I would I would say this, like Allen Robinson, like he's an upgrade though. Like I think that's smart to get a guy like him because you can probably expect a little bit more now out of him moving forward. Where like with Trubisky, it was kind of an inconsistent expectation. Um, now there's a little bit more consistency there with Foles, so you know you're a little bit more willing to move on from him and. You know, combine that with the fact that he traded Ertz and got Kelsey back. Um, you know, he upgraded clearly at tight end, you know, from Ertz to Kelsey. Um, you know, not the biggest upgrade in the entire world, but certainly significant. So um, I, I think, like, it, this really – and then, you know, really Caleb just needed help in general. Especially um, running Across back. the board. Yeah. So, yeah, so, like, getting Drake, that, that, that helps fill that void that he's been missing. Um, he does get Ertz, which is serviceable. Um, so, like, I, I think this yeah, kind of works out for everyone here. here. Um, you know, there's no trade abuse going on here. It was the three of us discussing, figuring out what works for all of us. And for a three-team trade, I'm not sure you're ever going to see anything more fair than this. Um, with with me having the depth that I had at tight end with Noah Fant and Travis Kelsey, and then being so thin at receiver, I really felt forced to get rid of Kelsey and nobody was biting at all on Noah Fant. Nobody believes in him at all. So I figured I, since I'm the only one who has any sort of faith in him, and I'm still not sure how high that faith is, um, but I would ride it out. And <laughs> I said to myself, I was only going to trade Kelsey if I was going to get an absolute star receiver, being Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, um, Julio Jones, you know, any of those guys. And I did. Yeah. I got Devontae Adams, who I wanted in the second round over Kelsey. So I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to trade Kelsey, you trade him for a stud receiver. Um, and you had Fant, who, you know, again, certainly a little bit of more of a risk, obviously, than Kelsey. But um, if you're going to risk any position, tight end's probably the position to take the risk, that risk and Fant's on. Fant's so. great so far. Um, so I'm really hoping it keeps up. And Locke apparently is further ahead than they thought he was going to be on the recovery of his shoulder. So, yeah, so that's, that's shocking week. to me. So. You know, once he comes back, they'll be really, really good for Noah Fant's outlook for the rest of the year. You would think, unless he gets like hurt in thirty minutes, <laughs> we'll be back so. to Brett Ripian. Ripian. Yeah. Um, well, no, I'm talking oh, about Fant. Yeah. So. Yeah, that'd be bad. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's go. Um, let's look at uh, matchup previews here yep. for Week Four. Yeah, let's jump right into that. Um, See, we'll just start off with – we can start off with your your matchup here. Um, And this is with – this is with – Yeah, I'm going to lose. Um, I'm very certain of this, especially with the Titans game getting postponed. I lose Derrick Henry, which is one of the stalwarts of my fantasy squad. Yeah. Um, And I'm I'm kind of okay taking the L this week. I'm shocked I'm 2-1 with how bad my team's been. But uh, Lennon's team is really good, and there's just not much I can do. You're like in a, I mean, because you're in such a bad spot with your running backs right yeah. now. I mean, like, no CMC, no Derrick Henry for this week. I mean, you'll have Derrick Henry next week, but um, I mean, like, I you can't really rely on Zach Moss and Mike Davis. So, you know, thank God you got Devontae Adams, but now, like, I mean, even like you're playing right now, you have Pascal in there. Um, that could be. I'm going to keep Pascal. But, I, I think Pascal uh, is going to have a massive week um, against the Bears. All right, I'm I'm excited to see uh, that's that's an interesting take, and um, you know the more I look at that, I can totally see that. So, um, and and when we say big week, like we're not talking about like Devonte Adams' big week, but um, if he has like 18 points, I would consider yeah, that yeah. a big I'm week really for Pascal. Yeah, I'm really thinking Pascal. anything north of 16. I think is exciting uh, for him. 
I mean, honestly, for my wide receivers and how bad they've been, anything north of nine points is pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, double, double digits, digits is your goal for your <laughs> wide receivers. But it's like I, I am nervous for your team this week. I mean, they're um, not going to win. I mean, he's yeah. just got a lot of firepower. Yeah, like it, it would, it would be week. a monumental collapse of Lennon's team for me to win, and I don't see that happening. Uh, his matchups are so good. The only person he lost with this postponement was Roethlisberger, um, which is kind of a big one, but also, like, he can plug in Phillip Rivers. Yeah. He's got Rivers. Yeah, so. Yeah. I, They're pretty much the same as far as right, fantasy production right. goes. I, so. I just think he's going he's gonna to beat the shit out of me. So. <laughs> yeah, I kind of yeah. agree. So, <laughs> We'll see, though. We'll see what happens. That would be crazy <laughs> Especially, if you upset him. I mean, even ESPN, who they are very generous on projections as far as keeping people kind of even killed. Even they're projecting me to lose by, like, 25. Yeah. Um, all right. So, we'll move on from that one. Let's talk about um, – so, Carl and Tackett here. And, you know, is this the week that Tackett finally gets a win, or do we still see Tackett lose again? What's going to happen there? Um – Man, I'm looking over it, and I, I, I honestly think a lot of it's going to be on tonight's game for Carl. He has Melvin Gordon and Jerry Judy going tonight. Um, I don't think Tackett has anybody, but if those guys completely bomb for Carl, he's done. And, I mean, my big prediction for the week, I think Melvin Gordon scores north of 20 points. I think he scores two touchdowns tonight. But if he doesn't do that, I think Carl's going to lose. Yeah, I think he needs a big game out of Gordon. Um, I don't, you know, like I don't think you can really expect anything more than like 10 points out of Judy. Um, so like, you know, just given that situation. And you know that the Broncos, like everyone knows the game plan for tonight. The Broncos have to try and run the ball and keep their defense off the field um, so that when they are on the field, they can capitalize on a bad offense. Um, so it's just like one of those things where like, he's either going to, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think Gordon's going to have a good game. It's just going to like, be like, how, how much does Jerry Judy get included in tonight's game plan? I think that's the biggest question. Um, does Jerry Judy take that, that step forward? This is, this is in my opinion, um, his, his first test, uh, as a guy who now has a few games under his belt. Uh, who has high expectations against a bad defense. So um, this is like this is like kind of my my test on whether I think whether I I will think Jerry Judy is a good player. Or yeah, not and I think he's got a lot working game. in his favor in the sense that the defense is horrible, um, and that he's basically the top dog with you know with Sutton gone obviously, and Brett Ripien when he came into the game last week he was only in for one drive and he targeted Jerry Judy four times on that drive. He was the only receiver he really looked at. He looked at Hamler once. Yeah. I went back and rewatched on a Sunday ticket. But uh, I, I think Jerry Judy scores a touchdown tonight. And But besides that, I really don't feel like he's going to do too much because I think the game plan is going to be ground and pound all the way with Melvin Gordon. Um, but like you said, this is a big test to see where, what Judy's made of. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 cards are in are you know the stars are have a line for him to have a good game. Um, and yes, his lim- his opportunities will be limited because they're going to run the ball. But I think that also opens things up for him, and he's going to be the guy. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but I, I do think Tackett has a lot of fire firepower here with Hopkins, you know Metcalf, um, you know even Gallup, and I think we could see a little bit of a bounce back week for Joshua Kelly. Jonathan Taylor, I think, is going to be the biggest um, the biggest question mark here. Jonathan Taylor. Uh, can have a big game. I think I, Hackett wins this I mean, looking at his team, I really feel like if it wasn't for the running back position, he had this locked up. But Joshua Kelly needs to really prove himself by not fumbling again and staying in the game. And Jonathan Taylor needs to average more than three yards a carry. Yeah. I mean, every time I've watched Taylor, he really doesn't look very good. Um, not, not hasn't at all, looked which, fantastic I mean, whatsoever. I, I do think so. it's going to happen. Eventually, he's going to look good because, you know, he was a premier back in college. Um, but so far, not good. And he's going up against a pretty good defense in Chicago. And then, but on the flip side of this for Tackett's team, he's got Fitzpatrick in a shootout with Seattle. He's got Metcalf on the opposite side of that shootout. 
He's got Hopkins against Carolina, one of the worst defenses in the league. And he's got Kittle coming back for him, going against Philly, which has been an absolute sip. Um, I, I, I think he'll be just fine. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to take Tackett for his first win here for this matchup. Um, we'll go Jack and Caleb here. Does Caleb Sorry, get Caleb, his first win against first Jack? Um, Jack's team has too much firepower. I, I really I, – I'm shocked that Jack has two losses. Um, there's, there's so much firepower here that I don't see how Caleb could win. But if he was facing anybody else, I think he'd look okay this week. I think, like, Caleb's team is with that much trip. improved, though. And, yeah, I mean, like, Kenyon Drake, you know, he, he that's a buy-low candidate. He's going up against Carolina, who has been shredded, you know, on on their run defense. Leonard Fournette goes up against the Chargers D-line, where every single guy on that D-line has been hurt now. So they're banged up. Um, Tyreek Hill can blow up on any given night. And, you know, I think it comes down to obviously what happens with Marquise Brown and Robbie Anderson. Not um, a great matchup for Robbie Anderson, but Marquise Brown, I mean, like, I totally expect the Ravens to have a bounce back. So, you know, like, there's a real threat here if Lamar ends up hooking up with Marquise Brown on, like, two touchdowns. Um, and I could totally see that happening. So, look, I think I'm – I'm, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it. I'm going with uh, well, Caleb have, for the first win here. There you Jack. go. That would be a big upset. Um, not from projection standpoint, but for you know what we're sitting here and looking at, I think it'd be a pretty big upset. Caleb beating Jack, but like you said, this trade worked out phenomenally for Caleb. I mean, Kenyon Drake. I think he's on the upswing the rest of the year. I think he's really gonna ball out, especially against this awful Carolina defense. Um, and then he hasn't been playing Robbie Anderson. Because he's been so deep at receiver, um, he's been he was playing A Rob, Tyree Kill, and Hollywood Brown. Both A Rob gone and putting Robbie there, it's kind of an even swap in my opinion. And then he upgrades it tight end by getting Ertz. And Ertz without Goddard in the lineup is fantastic. It's a much better Ertz than with Goddard in the lineup. Yeah. So we'll see what happens here, but I think he, um, I, yeah, I think he can, possible. I think he can pull an upset. So, um, we'll go ahead and look at Nate and Andres here. So, um, just first look. I mean, Nate's two and one, Andres one and two, and obviously Andres with a new look um, with his team and having Allen Robinson and Travis Kelsey. Um, this is an interesting one. I mean, he. Obviously cannot play James Conner this oh, week, yeah. and Kareem Hunt is hurt. Chris Godwin is hurt. Um, so, so you know, really, Carl is pretty, or I'm sorry, Nate is pretty banged up here. So, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna end up, you know, I think Stafford and Galladay are gonna have a big game, but I think, um, and I really think Stafford, Galladay, Zeke, and James Robinson. I mean, shoot, now that I'm looking at all his matchups, though. Um, uh, I'm I'm pretty torn with this one. I'm not really sure what's going to happen, um, but I, I my my Mind gut tells too. me on this um, year. Derek Carr against Buffalo is not an inviting matchup, and on the flip side of that, Andres has Baker Mayfield against Dallas, which has destined that that's destined for a shootout. And we're going to see at this point if Baker is pos- able to put up north of 20 points. Um, I really question whether he can do that, but against Dallas, he should be able to. And then Andres has a. Uh, Miles Sanders, which going against San Fran's defense in the past, we would think that'd be a horrible matchup. But with all the injuries that defensive line has faced, that's actually pretty inviting. Um, so I, I think Andres could pull this out. It's going to be close, though. Yeah, I think this is kind of like the matchup of the week because, you know, the, the, it's like these teams could go in two different directions depending on what happens yeah. here this week for both of these teams. Nate wins. He then is considered upper echelon team, you know, in the league. Andres loses, and the slide right. starts from there. So, um, we'll look at uh, Dennison and Kemper here, and um, you know, really the projections have Kemper, you know, making this a really close, close game. Um, Dennison's just got a lot <laughs> of boring guys here, so. Um, 
And uh, with, with the loss of, of Tariq Cohen, Dave, David Montgomery gets a little bit of a bump, although they will be working in Patterson. Um, looks like he's got Crowder in there for tonight. We'll see what happens there. I'm going to go with Ooh. Kemper here against Tennyson, and Kemper um, gets the win. I think that this is the week Joe Mixon goes nuts. And it seems like every week the Dallas Cowboys are in a shootout. So, Dak, you know, they project him at 20. We could be seeing 39 points again. Um, AJ Green, I do not like at all. That would concern me if I were Dennison. Think about playing somebody else there. Um, I agree with that because it's like if Mixon right. goes off, then AJ Green is not right. So, um, I mean, yeah. I, I personally, if, if Chark is back, obviously would I would probably play Chark over Green and leave Edelman in. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, that that's probably the direction I would go, especially considering he has Minshew. So, you know, Minshew has a good game, but hooks up a chart, and that kind of negates, you know, that, yeah, that, yeah. that play I mean, there for, for Kemper. I'm looking at Kemper's team, and, you know, the one thing that does really concern me is Montgomery against Indy's D-line. Um, they're a really good D-line, a lot of talent. So I don't think he's going to get much on yeah. the ground. A lot of his production is going to depend on if he's involved in that passing game with no Tariq Cohen. Um Yeah, now that now that we're like kind of looking at this and diving deeper, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna awesome. switch my pick. I'm gonna <laughs> I go do think this is here. the way to go. <laughs> yeah, I I'm looking too at Mike Evans against the Chargers. Um, the Chargers all right. have a have a great cornerback group. So an underutilized Mike Evans, plus he's against a good corner. Yeah. I don't see him doing much. Yeah, I'm going to go – I'll switch over to Dennison because I think he'll probably not play A.J. Green. But if Dennison plays A.J. Green, then he could kind of yeah. hurt himself <laughs> there. So, um, We'll look at uh, me and Jimmy here. So the projections have us really close. Um, you know, I'm not really sh- – I mean, like, it's just like with Mahomes and Kyler Murray, like I feel like I'm always in it, right? Um, and it just comes down to, like, like I think – Clyde Edwards Hilaire will always have a good amount of points. Just going to come down to, you know, what uh, Miles Gaskin. I think Miles Gaskin continues here um, with Thielen, DJ Moore, and Terry McLaurin. I got to, I got to follow Terry McLaurin because he just got bumped down to questionable. Um, so that's pretty concerning. I might have to play someone else in that spot, maybe a Hardman. Um, but then I'm playing three Chiefs, which I don't mind because it's the Chiefs. I'm going to just go – I'll go with my team here. Um, I feel good about it, but, you know, like Jimmy's team definitely, is obviously definitely. very scary. So. I, uh, this one's really a toss-up because I like your team overall, but McLaurin against Baltimore, um, plus he's hurt. I don't like that. And, man, the New England matchup is for your Chiefs players is, is concerning. I do think that DJ Moore is going to fall out. Their See, defense I'm not that is great. concerned I, about this it, could be this could be a pretty low scoring game, I think. Um, man, I see. I like Jimmy in this one. I like his matchups better. For me, I just can't mix it's, in low scoring with Chiefs offense. Like it just doesn't. It's oil and water. It just doesn't go together. And um, like I, I just, I think that you know. Where I kind of trump him is just having Kyler Murray in that OP spot against Nick Mullins. Um, I mean, all of his guys really have to show up. Like, he just has to consistently have all of his guys shows up. If he has one or two guys with duds, like, um, my quarterback's just put me at a very high floor. So, um, you know, if, if my guys, you know, if my receivers, if Thielen has a big game, which I personally expect Thielen to have a big game, uh, and I actually think that DJ Moore will have an, uh, I agree. a finally a breakout game for this year. So, um, you know, I got to figure out what I'm doing with my tight end spot and with McLaurin's spot as well. Um, probably going to have to play two other people there. But, you know, that that's kind of why I feel personally um, I, I, I am going to take my team here um, right. just because yeah, of my quarterback. I'm, I'm pretty torn, but I think I'm going to go Jimmy. Just I, I like his firepower quite a bit. 
Cool. All right. So another another great week, um, another great episode. It looks like really some big time matchups. Um, I mean, that's another big one, two and one versus three and zero. Oh. So um, the season's getting interesting. We're getting into the meat of it, and uh, really excited. Absolutely, it's bound to be an exciting week, week and a really, really, really big one for the standings because this is where some teams can really separate from the pack. 